stars from coast to coast, we give you a toast as you listen to Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network. I'm your host, Joe Rutten, director of the Benedictine Leadership Institute at Mount Marty University, and I'm joined, as always, by my wonderful, outstanding, and mostly bald brothers Rutten, Father John and Father Paul. How we doing, fellas? Doing well. Doing great. Paul. I would love to know what is in your mind every time we start this show and I start, good, this look comes over your face like, okay. You don't want to know. Here we go again. <laughs> no, it's good. We can have counseling. We, we can, can do a counseling session yeah, about this if, if need be. Uh, but otherwise, <laughs> we can just keep that private and I can retain my dignity and confidence over here. And yeah, Father John. Yes. You should start it off for us. What have you been up to? Uh, just living the dream. School started, so everything's sort of rolling along. Parish life starts happening again. People stop going to the lake so much. Uh, you've got full masses. Life is uh, pretty grand. So, And yet, it's still nice. Weather's nice. And, you know, that's kind of what life is about. Just nice weather? No, no, no. That's... <laughs> All those things, you know, being together, everybody's back, being, you know, right, right. it is, it is, together, it's, it's like know? a renewal a little bit, you mm -hmm. know, a fresh start. Father Paul, what have you been up to? Same old, same old, uh, which Father John just said, school's back, everything's up and running. Is the parish life basically ordered the same? Uh, if you have a school or if you don't have a school, is it different? Oh yeah, it's totally yeah, different. Yeah, I mean, it's different. I mean, I mean there's still, our... there's still the cycle, you know, your religious ed will start up at some point. Mm -hmm. Uh, usually your RCIA programs, all your programs right. begin up in the fall. So at some point, everything starts back up. Right. Uh, but when you have a school, it really starts back up. Right. Yeah, because imagine all the things that your kids are doing with school, right? They probably had to go to an open house. They probably had to, yep. like, all those things. If you have the school, like, the pastor is connected to every all of them. Uh -huh. Whereas right. if you don't, all my parishioners are doing those same things, and some of them go to the Bishop Gorman Catholic schools too. But it's not like I'm... You know, they aren't coming into my building. Right, and right, right, right. So right. just administratively, it's less. Uh, Great. Well, I, uh, I would, you? yeah, I would, I would second that the, the, the start of school to swing back. Um, summers are a little long for me. I actually kind of like them a little bit shorter, to be honest with you. I, taking 10 weeks off, 11 weeks off, it's like, eh, maybe we could use six weeks off and then get back at it. But it's set up for whatever reason, the way it is. And so I love it. Get back to school, get back into an organized fashion. I got three boys that I are all in school together now for the first time and all at the same school for the first time. So I have a one-stop drop. Yeah. So praise be That'd Jesus be nice. Christ. And from there, uh, yeah, things are great. So, all right. Well, if you're interacting with us, you're out there listening across the Midwest, uh, across the nation, coast to coast, uh, we invite you to interact with us on our Facebook uh, page, Rutten Radio Facebook, or uh, you might do that through the Real Presence Affiliate uh, social media networks as well. So uh, get our app on your phone if you don't have it already, and then you can take us with you on the go for, for wherever you are. So. How we do this is we take the next hour, and for the first half hour, we do our movie of the month, the M-O-T-M. And we do a little movie review, a little, little commentary on that, give it a little rating system, and then in the second half hour, jump into our theme for the month. So with that, brothers, 
Our movie of the month for September is A Beautiful Mind. Father Paul. Uh, from the heights of notoriety to the depths of depravity, John Forbes Nash Jr. experienced it all. A mathematical genius, he made an astonishing discovery early in his career and stood on the brink of international acclaim, but the handsome and arrogant Nash soon found himself on a painful and harrowing journey of self-discovery. After many years of struggle, he eventually triumphed over his tragedy and finally, late in life, received the Nobel Prize. Wow, outstanding. So it's another education movie? Yeah. Uh, I was wondering who chose this. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know here. if we put a note by who chose, uh, but we can okay. guess. And it's uh, also got like a little Rain Man-ish kind of a feel to it where the, the primary character also has some sort of a, a broken reality that has to be dealt with. Sure. Um, so with that, Father John, any warnings content-wise that we should be aware of? Uh, not that I can think of after I didn't think of it beforehand, but I don't think so. Outstanding. I mean, it's not a kid's movie. It's maybe one of the first movie. Well, it's an adult movie that does not have a um, visual scene that can't be observed by children. That'd be and cool. it, you know, it's like, and uh, so, but with that, it, it does deal with um, mental health issues. And so mm-hmm. there is that that primary thread that runs through it. So uh, jumping off, initial thoughts, comments uh, right out of the shoots, Father Paul. Yeah, I mean, I thought they did a, a good job of the real challenges of mental illness uh, for the person who struggles with it, for those who are around it, uh, all of those those aspects. You know, it's, it's not black and white. Uh, it, it's really a hard thing, the stigma of it, um, all of those things. Um, and then also just even that, the, the idea of what is real and how do we know it to be real that, you know, seemed to come out for me. Right. The, uh, the mental health aspects, it just kind of brought me back, uh, God rest her soul, our mother who had her own challenges. And, uh, one time I was talking about mother's challenges met with mental health and my response to a lot of things that are very serious in life is to laugh. I don't know if mm-hmm. you guys have that, but uh, my wife, it drives her nuts. My kids, it drives nuts. Um, and anyway, after a talk one time, a lady came up and said, you know, this isn't really a laughing matter. <laughs> and I was like, oops, like, <laughs> you know, but to her, my response was lighthearted. And in a sense, it wasn't that it wasn't appropriate, but you could see the acute um, nature of the reality for people that do live with mental illness or with others in their family with mental illness. So it really is a present, right? It's it's a main theme running through the movie. Father John, what'd you think? Yeah, it was a, a good movie. I did first thing uh, as he was throwing the desk out the window, I was like, <laughs> Joe chose this movie, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it was really the, a couple of, quick thoughts that I had was I was really struck by mental illness and its effects on a person uh, and on those that love them. And then also on marriage mm-hmm. and how uh, someone responds to an illness, you know, you say till death do us part uh, in sickness and in health. Now there are those 
illnesses that are there prior, you know, I mean, there's certain circumstances that sometimes you don't know right away, but what happens when someone you love becomes mentally ill? Do we think of that differently than if they become bodily ill? Um, you know, you take care of them that way. Uh, you, you know, mm-hmm. somebody loses a leg, you wouldn't abandon them. You know, if somebody loses their mind, do you abandon them? Um, you know, and, and I know that's a complicated question, right. but I was really struck right. by the reality of marriage because of how, uh, his wife loved him. And that kind of segues into my thoughts. I immediately wanted to get into the truth of the film. Mm-hmm. It is based on a true story. And um, uh, Howard, who's the the movie producer from The Happy Days that's a producer? Howard? Ron Howard. Ron Howard was the producer of it. Mm-hmm. And it had a great star, a great cast. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stars in the movie in different roles, even insignificant roles. You'd see somebody, you're like, oh, I, that person's a... Uh, uh, a famous actor, popular. Um, and so trying to get down to the root of the story, and I came across some great information that, in a sense, put me in the reality where I could stop and say, it's very interesting because we produce movies that have certain ideals that then create something in us that's actually a false reality. So you're talking yeah, about you more? you're talking about marriage. She actually does leave him. Sure. And in reality... But don't they get back together at the end? So they don't. They're friends. He remarries, actually. He has, I believe, a second Oh, you mean the real story? Yeah, the the real story. The wife does leave him. Mm. And so it just put me in a spot that said not right or wrong, right? Like you said, it's complex. But she she did remain lifelong friends with him. But she just couldn't live in the married relationship uh, with him. And so I just thought, oh, that's, you know, interesting. And then as I started getting into more issues, it just was like, oh, all right, what's real? He didn't actually have visual hallucinations. So in the movie, he sees these three right. characters. Us. In reality, he actually has voices in his head. Okay. And the voices are much more common. I know people that have voices that struggle sure. with that. I've never actually met anybody that hallucinated and saw people that sure. weren't actually there. So when I thought, oh, it's voices, oh, well, that's, I know somebody that struggles with that type of mental illness, Mm -hmm. and it's more common, but for a film, it's hard to make the voices reality, so they made them into images instead. (laughs) Yeah, because then you'd have a Terrence Malick film. (laughs) 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 Go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, Terrence Malick. So so anyway, that that was really, really awesome. And then the the side of um, just overall as a movie... I kind of find that one person narrative, the long, slow. I mean, it's kind of slow in some ways. I, li- I like those. I kind of sure. enjoyed that aspect of it, although it's not. Yeah. So anyway, deeper insights, things to jump into. Father John, you mentioned a number like marriage. Father Paul, you talked about mental health. Uh, it's not black and white. Um, reality, what is real? Uh, jump a little deeper and get into some of these issues. Yeah, one of the things that struck me was his search for the original idea. And uh, if you've ever read the book Frankenstein, Mm -hmm. uh, he also, you know, Mary Shelley wrote that a couple hundred years ago. And it's this like search for the thing that hasn't been attained, you know, to to bring life into this inanimate creature. Um, And so I was just struck by his his like all consuming desire to attain something original. 
the idea, you know, that he did do for his, what would it have been his thesis or his paper or yeah. his doctor, whatever. Um, and that in a way, yeah, I understand that, that desire you want to contribute something that nobody else has. Um, and then in a, a similar way, like every life I thought, well, his life is a contribution is an original contribution, right? He mm -hmm. thinks he has to come up with some grand uh, top of the line thing, but to for any person to take seriously their life and to live their life is to offer an original contribution to this world. But that doesn't oftentimes seem like the answer that is awakened in us to really make our mark. What was this, you know, the next Einstein, the next uh, sure. Nobel laureate. <laughs> so that was uh, really provoking to me. That's it's interesting, John. There's a point in the scene where he's talking to another person, uh, another character, and he says, does mathematics lead to higher truths? And the person that he's talking to says, what a boring question. And this is a real interesting place because they propose for the character, for John Nash, that there's something more than just the numbers that he's on a search for. And do you remember what it is that he arrives at at the end? When he gets his... Yeah, he gets his award at the end and he kind of comes to the presentation mm -hmm. and he kind of says as he's in front of everybody with the Nobel Prize and... He doesn't say, boy, great was my math, and I love math. He says, none of this would have been possible without the love of my wife. Hmm. The love of a person, which to begin the film, he doesn't like people. He wants only numbers, hmm. yeah, in, things without a true return of a relationship that don't challenge, that don't maybe provide uh, and so this idea that that math actually leads him to something greater, a deeper reality, which is love. But that's not oftentimes the world of mathematics. The world of mathematics oftentimes has a tendency to lead towards atheism and materialism. Hmm. And so I called Ken Lindemann, the one and only Ken Lindemann out of Gorman, to talk <laughs> about mathematics. Yes, about you because, did? Yes, absolutely. Really? John, you would have wanted to be a fly on the wall in the conversation. Mind-blowing to listen to Ken Lindemann. He called Ken Lindemann. I know. <laughs> about the beauty of mathematics. Did you, when, when he picked up the phone, did you say, Good, Good morning, morning, Ken Lindemann! <laughs> this is Joe Ryan. He hangs up. Uh, so we can get to that down the road here. I'll kind of talk more about it. But Ken immediately goes to the training of the mind. And how mathematics is important because it teaches us to, to think. It, t it trains our imagination. Ken's talking about imagination. He's talking about reading. He said, mathematics teaches you to read. It teaches you to think. It he said, you can't have a mechanical engineer unless they've first been trained in how to think and imagine. I'm like, what? And he said, absolutely. Point being, for Ken, mathematics is far more than just numbers. It's actually about a greater experience of reality. Mm. I thought, wow, fascinating. So, Father Paul, thoughts, deep, deep dive. What kind of theme jumped out at you that? Yeah, I mean, I think the movie from a, a cinematic sort of storytelling, uh, you get whatever is three ways through the movie or three quarters through the movie, speaking of math, uh, and you realize some of these people aren't real people. 
<laughs> right. You know, and so then all of a sudden the voices that we think are people, they aren't people. And so this real question though about what's real, hmm. you know, uh, and maybe not necessarily whether people are real, um, but the reality of my own perception of myself and is it is it real? And my perception of how other people perceive me and is it real? Hmm. Uh, and then who is the one who in a sense, has the ability to help me know reality. Like the wife. Like the wife or a friend, spiritual director, uh, someone whom they can tell you, like, this is true. This is true about you. Um, you know, one way to discover that is if you've ever had someone uh, sort of imitate you. Oh, right? Yeah. And and they exaggerate your your idiosyncrasies, and but you can see yourself mm-hmm. like clearly in it, and you either have to accept that, uh, or deny it, or uh, you know whatever. But but this ability to to look at that, and what I sort of felt in the movie was that handkerchief was given to him by his wife, and he always held on to it, and it seemed to be sort of that you know talisman or whatever they call it that was the thing that he sort of grounded him in reality that he knew this was really real and he just sort of held on. Uh, and it wasn't until he noticed that the girl never grew older that he could say, she's not oh, real. Oh, right, right, right. You know, and so he just had to keep saying, well, she she's not getting older. Like, so she can't be real. Uh, mm-hmm. But that ability. Uh, and then are we open to that? Are we really open to coming to know ourselves <laughs> and, and living in reality? And I think, again, this is the difficulty of our culture. Uh, you know, the reason those things are so important to John Nash is he lives in a world where new discoveries is what matters. So as long as he's at Harvard and Princeton, this is the criteria by which he'll be judged. Mm-hmm. So we can say that they're not important, that the person himself is important, but he lives in a world that will not say that. So our kids are, are and are everyone, we're all living in this reality of social media mm-hmm. and we're allowing it to be the thing that tells us what's real. And so this real challenge of, of being able to step out of it and to say, no, I'm real. Uh, and I make a contribution simply because I am, whether or not I post that somewhere, whether or not I get liked by it. Uh, but that ability to be able to really uh, be in touch with what, what, what is real. Yeah, Paul, you got a bunch of things there. One, the mentor type of the relationship of the mirror that helps you reflect who you are. Um, you know, for our audience out there listening, maybe you do, maybe you don't have this person in your life. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a spiritual director. But um, do you two have somebody in your life that you trust or go to that is that person that you can ask the hard question to, or that they can give you the hard answer um, that maybe helps you encounter the truth of your reality in areas that maybe others wouldn't necessarily say so. Well, I don't know if he's the one God gave me, but the other half of my egg does a pretty good job of telling me what's right and wrong. <laughs> well, maybe it's because we have the same problem. It's like, uh, you know. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. I mean, partly. <laughs> just partly. Uh, no, I mean, a, a, a spiritual director, clearly on, a, on both a spiritual and a practical level, is a great asset. And to have 
one that um, it is important. And it's not just like you decide that you're going to let them speak into your life. There needs to be factors that work, you know, and uh, I had a spiritual director one time in seminary and it just didn't work. I just didn't feel like I wanted to open up to what he was saying. And I didn't feel like I wanted to contribute. I don't know. It's just so Mm -hmm. over time. I was like, you know, I think I need a different one. So it wasn't that he was right or wrong. He was a great holy man. Uh, But then I found a different spiritual director and, um, and it just was a place where I was like, yeah, here I can. Uh, so spiritual direction for sure. And then obviously there's others that God places in your life sometimes uh, for particular periods or in particular circumstances, sometimes work, mm-hmm. you know, you have a certain person, you're like, oh, I got a question about this. And you, or, you know, in a different realm, you say, you know, you're dealing with family issues or something and, you know, somebody else is who seems to have the mark and you're like, okay, mm-hmm. I'll, 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 I don't know if I agree, but yeah, I'll think about that and pray about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I, I would agree with John. Like you have to just have multiple areas of your life that, because no one person, and I mean, maybe, well, not even a spouse because your spouse doesn't know your work, you know, or a spouse. Like, I think you just need to be able to have the ability to find the person or discover who it would be and then give them that permission or that relationship. And it takes time, you know, to be able to build. Uh, And I don't even know that it needs to be just drastic, but uh, just somebody that, yeah, that you can bounce things off of. And, you know, was I right in this? You know, was was I off? Was I, you know, because it can be hard as pastors because people don't always want to tell you uh, Uh the truth, uh, you know, and so to build that culture as well. You know, it can be. And then some people would love to tell you what they think is the, is wrong. You probably get that too. Sure. And it's like, well, yeah, maybe and, that and, isn't the voice that's healthy right. or that I want to need is good for me. Or like you said, John, that, that helps me or is beneficial that I connect with or yeah. that I trust or, um, I, I talk a lot. And so I do have people in my life where, um, I just ask them after things. How was that? You know, was it, <laughs> and it isn't that I intend to, we just talk too damn much. <laughs> or dang much yep. <laughs> who does <laughs> all right not paul but the other ruttons and so that place that just says what you think and because other people's perception is that this is too much about joe i'm not here for joe i'm here for this experience but because i lead something or mc sure. something and so i did last time and he the last time i did he was like laughed because he was like I don't, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to like put you on edge here, you know, like he's right. like, no, I, I, I value this because I want to be better and, and grow, but I can't, I need somebody to help me mirror that. So, um, what is reality? <laughs> you know, that was a good question there, Paul. How do we know? Like, uh, there's a place there where I think about like spirituality and God's love for me and my, my faith and knowing Christ is present I, you mentioned the tie, Paul, that he has like, or the, the handkerchief, handkerchief that he has that he can kind of feel and touch and he knows then that something that that's real. And I just have kind of an experience professionally where I know God did something for me in my life that I did not do mm-hmm. and that I can only look and say, wow, this thing's real. Mm-hmm. Like God is real. He loves me. He cared for me. He took care of this situation for me abundantly mm-hmm. wasn't easy, but I had to learn to trust. I had to die to myself. 
And I hold on to that as in like 2017. I hold on to that experience close mm-hmm. because it just is my top. It's my my handkerchief that I can kind of pull out, recall, and be like, yep. But God was present to me here, so he's not going to be abandoning me now, you right. know, if he is this God. Um, is is that a type of way way that you experience life or that maybe you counsel people is to continue to experience God's love and uh, to trust when the, the, the ocean gets difficult and life gets hard? How do you go about helping people know what is real in this world for them? Good. <laughs> you have something? Go. No? Okay. Do you? I mean, no, not necessarily, but I don't want to. I also know that just because I don't talk and you guys do doesn't mean that that's that good. That you need to. Well, or that I need to, or that maybe I should talk yeah. uh, as well, uh, but I can always defer. I mean, that's not hard. Father Paul, reality. How do you, I mean, you guys are in the front lines with people's lives and they come to you for counsel. How do you guide or how can you, what insights might you offer to what is real? Yeah, I mean, again, I would say the ability to ask the Holy Spirit for for clarity uh, and then a willingness to get begin to be honest, hmm. honest with self, honest with others, you know, in that idea. Um, and I guess I would say I think sometimes we're probably harder on ourselves in one sense. You know, we can beat ourselves up because we're not all of those things. Hmm you know, in the midst of all of that. And, and the reality of what's really expected of, of the average person uh, is definitely part of it. Outstanding, Father John. Yeah, when you have an experience of reality, it has an intuitive dimension to it. And you can get into all kinds. I remember being a little kid, you know, I don't know why, but we, I was sitting on the uh, brick wall in front of the Atkins house next door to the Pyatt's. And we were talking about whether a tree falling in the woods makes a sound uh, if no one's around. And I remember thinking that was so fascinating. And I wonder if it does or if mm. it doesn't. And um, and it wasn't until I'm like late 30s in the seminary or something. And I'm like, wait a minute. Of course it makes a sound. <laughs> like, now. I know all you out there that are listening to this, okay, there's another way you can look at it. But then you're still looking at it that other way. So reality has a particular way you're looking at it. Um, you can go deeper into the reality, but you just have to have an intuitive sense, oh, this is a mental illness. Oh, no, that's reality. And there's just a sense, this is what's real. Well, this is the first half hour of Rutten Radio. We've been talking about a beautiful mind. We'll take a short break here and come back and we'll keep the ball rolling. And we're back with Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network, your local and regional Catholic media network for all things awesome, including the three headed monster that is Rutten Radio. How we doing, brothers? Still good. Ready for another half hour? Let's dig in. All yep. right. For listeners out there in the first half hour, Rutten Radio, the movie of the month that we uh, reflected on, we watched and, and commented on was the one and only Beautiful Mind with Russell Crowe and a whole bunch of other actors that were all very famous. Um, a rating. How would you rate A Beautiful Mind? Did you like it? Did you not? Was it 
cinematographically, cinema, whatever, <laughs> cinema, cinemagraphically, cinemagraphic. One and three quarter stars. Ooh. Oh. We got to get something where I know what I gave the last one so that I can evaluate. We got to get a dashboard. Gotta, one and I three quarters? One and three quarters. John, you're the kind of person that would be tracking this. I'm going to start doing that right now. One and three quarters for a beautiful mind from John Paul. Yeah, I probably, out of three rotten heads, uh, one and a half. One and a half. You know what? I think it was overrated. I'm going to give it one and a half as well. All right. I was not. Oh, what did I give it? You one, gave and it one and quarters. three quarters. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't <laughs> terrible, but. Yeah. Um, so it did win an M. It did win an Oscar. The the lady, uh, I think, won Best Supporting Actress for her role. Um, but overall, it was all right. But it wasn't anything to write home about. So one and a half, one and a half, and so one that three is one point five eight one point five eight rotten heads. There we go, Father John. You're tracking moving forward. Yep. All right. Let's go to shout outs. Shout outs. Who wants to give the first shout out? Well, I'll go first since I missed last month. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to Will Garrett. Will Garrett? Who's Will Garrett? So Will Garrett is Isaac Flynn, our nephew's friend. So one day, Isaac and his friend Will are sitting there, and Will says, Hey, Isaac, did you ever listen to Rotten Radio podcast? Have you ever heard of that? And Isaac's like, what? He's like, yeah. You know, Rotten Radio comes out of Sioux Falls. And Isaac's like, they're my uncles. <laughs> so then he FaceTimed me. And he's like, oh, hey, Uncle Father Paul, guess what? Someone someone listens to your show. Oh, you're so Will One Garrett, fan. Yeah, one fan. Yeah. So didn't know it. There was Isaac hanging out. That so I sent him a t-shirt. It's funny. Nice. Oh, great. I love it. I and love I told it. him I'd give him a shout out last See, everybody time. listening, right. you just never know how you're going to get a t-shirt. We do have swag. Yeah, yep. Rutten Radio. We just swag. don't have a concentrated effort on how we distribute it. So just reach out. Let us know you're there. Yep. You need never know. Father John, shout out. Yeah, to Aunt Mary Jo, uh, the Gold Coast goddess. Yeah. Uh, our uh, Aunt Mary Jo on mom's side and Aunt Annie, who is there. They're just, you know, can you just imagine two ladies from. Uh, the north end of Sioux Falls in Chicago downtown, just living the Wise life. elders, the, you know, they're over, yeah. you know, they're over our age. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, just fantastic. So grateful for them in my in my life, and I uh, want to shout out. All right, I'll give mine to Ken Lindemann, who I mentioned earlier, yeah. who had an amazing phone call with about mathematics and the greater purpose of mathematics. And mm-hmm. then Zach Shaw, an old student of mine that like just wants to impact the world and do great things and isn't sure where he's at with everything in his life, but is finding his purpose professionally in the life insurance industry. And it's been fantastic watching him mature and grow and kind of get out there. And so Zach, if you're out there listening, if you're not, um, you should be. (laughs) So with that, Zach Shaw, Ken Lindemann, Will Garrett and our aunties. Next, we need to have a rosary check brothers do you have your rosaries on you? Ruttons with their rosaries. Yep. One rosary, Joe. two rosaries. Joe, do you have your rosary with you? No. Oh. Your kids have it out. Scapular check. Do we have our scapulars? Yeah. Father John's got his cool scapular. Uh, on. Father John has like, Father Paul just has his 
ordinary, that's totally basic true. That's scapular. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Your scapular is yeah. like exactly as it should be. Mine, <laughs> and has, to, mine has to be a little uh, off. And mine's Unique. laying at home Unique. on my floor <laughs> disrespectfully <laughs> because it itches at night. And so I take it off and I throw it on the ground and then I forget to put it back on when I... I think she understands, doesn't she? I've already had my word with her. She understands. <laughs> yeah. Outstanding. Know. Well, in the second half hour, we kind of jump onto a theme and have a little conversation around a different, oh, I don't know, kind of topic of the month, if you will. And uh, in September here, we're going to jump into charism. So who wants to kick it off for us and open us up on the topic of charism? Yeah, I think uh, speaking of the beautiful mind and going to school where you're meeting new people and with all of the kids starting school now, one of the things that always happens is you begin to compare yourself. And it's a beautiful gift to recognize we're each created in a particular way by God, but humanity is created with some certain dynamics. And just as God created us male and female, he created men and women with particular dynamics flavors, maybe you would call that. And as you get into business, a lot of times they start talking about these things. You know, you have your Myers-Briggs tests and you have different aspects, but the church also has a specific way that they talk about these things on a spiritual level, which are called the charisms. And charisms are gifts given to an individual person for the building up of the body of Christ. So they're not given to them for their own, oh, I'm great, and oh, this is, this is, aren't I good? No, it's given that I might be open to the Holy Spirit, and as these things move in the world, I see, oh my gosh, look at the way that people are encouraged when I talk to them. So-and-so talks to people and even tries to use like double the encouragement words, and nothing happens. Well, that's because I have the gift charism, okay? So it's always for the building up of the church, but we don't all have them in the same way, okay? There are lots of charisms, and we won't get into the details of those, but just as uh, there's the spiritual realm and the human realm, there's also then the aspects of this um, that are the Myers-Briggs. So there's the human part, and then there's the spiritual part. And many people know the human part, Um, But one of them that we were going to talk about is the working genius. Uh, Bishop Real real quick, though, just so people know, there is a a website, the Catherine of Siena Institute. Oh, great. Which is a great uh, resource for charisms and learning more about them. Catherine? Yep. Of Siena Institute. Their website is... Do you think any day it'll be Paul of Sioux Falls? No. Sienna.org. Paula S- Sioux Falls. Paula Sienna.org. Uh, and you can see some more things. Sometimes parishes do these. Uh, we had someone in Watertown that really liked this, and they put on a, a workshop. Oh. So this is something that you can learn more about uh, in that as well. So, okay. Yeah. I just wanted to get yeah, that no, in. Yeah, no, no, that's great. So, so it's go like there a personality and... inventory. It's yeah. Yep. Like so it helps you to know what charisms but... of... Right. that you would have and how to use them and work with them. Yeah. So. And you can have like a, a, a charism for writing. Okay. And I would say maybe this is a charism that I have. When I put Facebook posts out, people like read them and they love them, you know, and yep. when I'm doing them, I can feel myself coming alive, writing them. Uh, now it's not for my glorification, but you can see in the fruit of it for another. Oh, look right. at that. Okay. Uh, whereas another person, you might have the gift of, of administration. And you just have the ability 
to administer and to put people together. And so there's lots of different charisms uh, with that. Can you make your deficiencies better or is it more of a, hey, these are your strengths and your weaknesses and just work within them? That's a great question. It's not about you making anything. It's about what the Holy Spirit gives you. Oh, so again, so this it's is God's the fault. I'm not tenacious. Well, no. <laughs> again, in in the charisms, right. it's this thing. It's just these have been given to you, right? So, it, it, the hard part, I think, what I find is when you do this in a church setting, is everyone wants their charism to match what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they want it to reaffirm the thing they want to do in the church. And the hardest thing is, is to tell them that they don't have the charism. So they really should go some, do something different. Right, so that right. is one of the challenges is to trust. And the only way you can do this in a sense, by verifying it, like really following that path that they tell you and trying to see, I do have more joy. Do you guys use this in um, hiring or workplace yeah. uh, not, uh, the strategies? Uh, not, or, not the, the yeah. CN Institute one, but this is something a parish could do and offer to its parishioners. Like yeah, I said, we, they did it in Watertown. We do this for our confirmation students. It's part of our confirmation program. Oh, it is? Yep. Oh. And then it's also a part of the Canyon, which is our adult formation program. And so that by the time one is done with going through the journey, you have a sense of how the Holy Spirit Perfect. has aligned you. Um, and the thing that I most like about it is the charism stuff isn't necessarily tied to like doing stuff. It's a person. I mean, you do do stuff. How do I want to say this? It isn't like this is how now you're going to be a part of the parish. No, it's about me. I am the parish. I am the church. I am the thing. So if I engage whatever uh, charism I have, then I do that in my workplace. I do that with my family. I do that in the public sphere with whatever I'm doing. So it's not as if it's like, this is going to tell me how I should be in the parish. But then the working genius is more when I'm working. Okay. So that's all on a spiritual level. That is a gift of the Holy Spirit and is an amazing thing. Everybody should find out your gifts, uh, your charisms. But then the working genius is more of like an earthly, now God gave us these too, uh, but the working genius is more, how do I work with other people in a team? What is it that I am gifted with? We am took I, uh, some a while back. Which one was this? Was it the Siena? That was the working, the working genius. genius. And yep. this is Patrick Lencioni and yep. some of his, his mm -hmm. work. So this is secular even, secular institutions mm -hmm. even yeah. use this. Yeah. This stuff. Yeah. Patrick Lencioni also started the Amazing Parish. So right, he's right. sort of a figure that's at the crossroads of both. But even the stuff that's in the Amazing Parish is not the charisms. The charisms are like scriptural. They are and, and that's the of the Catherine church. Of Siena yes. Institute. Yeah. So maybe we shouldn't have talked about both of them, but I think it's a nice thing because grace builds on nature. So I right. have a human dynamic of the way I'm gifted. And then I have a spiritual dynamic in the way in which the Holy spirit wants to use me. Right. So you're saying that grace builds on nature that I probably could pray and receive a little assistance from our Lord to be more tenacious and bring things across the finish line. But I probably will go to my grave without that being something that I do in a naturally uh, efficient, effective way. I'm probably always going to be looking to try and buttress that maybe with other team members or colleagues in projects. Exactly. Or your yeah. wife. Or my wife. So this is beautiful, right? My wife is absolutely the opposite. She, I mean, it's, it's amazing. She calls me, 
she's a works in healthcare, and she said, "Joe, in our industry, we call you a non-compliant patient." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, I'm that guy." Uh, but then you look at some of my uh, charisms, or you look at the the working genius inventory, and it's like, "Oh yeah, I struggle with tenacity. I struggle with the virtue to bring things across the finish line." to complete projects. Mm-hmm. I'm great at starting them, <laughs> but I'm not great at completing them. And so my wife is the opposite. She doesn't necessarily, she isn't the innovator, but she's the completer. And yeah, together and, and we I make would a great say team. It is true that you need to pay attention to what your weaknesses are, but the whole point of all of this and the Clifton Strengths Finders and different things like this is to lean into your strengths. Right? I think we can have the mentality like I got to, I got to like, Work on my weaknesses. I got to get better. I don't want to be bad at anything. Right. Nope, nope. That's the second aspect. The first aspect is what are your charisms? What are your strengths? Lean into them. Lean into them. Right. That's so this in leadership is, uh, it's, there are two models. One's called the deficiency model. And the deficiency model says, what are your weaknesses? And let's try and bring those up to uh, a median. And the other is, is an, uh, uh, I forget what it's called, but is that. Let's, nope. Highlight the strengths, focus on the strengths. That's where your greatest impact comes from. You're going to waste so much time trying to get things that you're not naturally good at up to par. Don't even worry about it. But you do need to build your team around those because otherwise you're going to be an unbalanced ship that is going to be a little awkward. Right, and I think this would be, in a sense, when St. Paul begins to speak about the body of Christ, like we can often think of ourselves as individuals and so we need to be able to have everything. Uh, and in all of this is this ability to know you're, you're deficient so that someone else can, can have something they're good at and that we are in need of other people. That there is this idea that we're not to go it alone, but it's to work together uh, in the midst of all of this. Um, so, what are your strengths? What are your your working genius or your charisms, there, Father John? What things stand out in your discernment life? is my number one, which is uh, the intuition and instincts to evaluate and assess ideas or plans. And uh, when I was in the fraternity, I remember what my fraternity? La- Sigma Alpha Epsilon at the University of South Dakota. And I was kind of there at a transitional time in fraternal life. And I don't know what afterwards, what they kept doing, but it sort of was changing from sort of the 80s, 90s uh, um, mentality of, um, you know, what was it, Animal, Animal House to, you know, something more respectable. Uh, and I remember like seeing that. I could tell, and I remember very clearly telling the brothers, you need to begin taking more seriously like who you are as people and your role on this campus. And I don't know, I just had a sense. We need to grow up here. This needs to become something that's more mature than what Mm -hmm. what we've lived over the decades. Um, So I can look at that and I can see, ah, that's what that was. Mm. Like I had this, I just could see it. I had this innate intuitive ability to see times are changing and we need to adjust. Um, my second uh, working genius is invention. Good at and enjoy creating original and novel ideas and solutions. And that's totally me. <laughs> I love like 
you know, let's just look at this differently and let's come up with this and let's do it like that. And let's even so like when you our see introduction this, to this show, right? Right. I was like, ah, the introduction to this show is like, Hmm, let's, uh, let's come up with something new. Let's get a different little take on how we introduce ourselves. Okay. That was my working genius. Seven. Right. And so you, you do this test, you see the results and immediately you're like, yep, totally. Totally. And then I can also see the places where I have competency. I can see that people put me in places that they think I both am great at and I enjoy, but the truth of the matter is I don't enjoy them, but I do them well. And so I get overloaded with things that I actually don't like. And then it suffocates out the things that I do like, but and this can be something as is, valuable. Right. And so this might be where just personally you need to learn to say no. Yeah, to certain things. Right, because yeah. the other person might not know uh -huh. that that's something, but yeah. that's your responsibility. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But I didn't, I couldn't make that decision until I understood, oh, there's both the desire uh, and the ability. Man, everybody and needs to do And you have to, to know this. the two of those. Right. That's yeah. beneficial, right? Yeah, do you yeah. know your desire and your ability? And the working genius, both of them are positive. Mind-blowing, folks. If you are out there listening, <laughs> immediately go to working genius and take this thing, and it'll <laughs> give you self-awareness. We don't yeah, get we any credit. We don't get any. We should. There is a great podcast. There is a great podcast. This is fantastic. As well. Which yeah. is worth listening. They really what's it called? Working, working genius? genius podcast. So I'm telling you, self awareness right here, right? And yeah. Father Paul, what are you? What are you looking at? Well, I have the working genius of tenacity. <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> way! No way! <laughs> Which is why we're recording today and not tomorrow. And my Paul's worst, like, my just, worst one is you. You have the tenacity, exact same and my worst one is. Tenacity. <laughs> yes. So I am good at and enjoy pushing projects, tasks through to completion to ensure that the desired results are achieved. That <laughs> we are going to record this show unless it kills me. <laughs> <laughs> There's still a couple more hours tomorrow. Couldn't right. we maybe no. do it then? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and then great. also wonder. So uh, pondering the possibility of greater potential and mm. opportunity in a given situation. Outstanding. And I can see that as well. So that's great. But I'm not good at discernment. So Father so John, you said desire and desire and yeah, what? So it, desire and ability. Ability. So, so your working genius, let me finish this and then you can go, Joe. Your yep. working genius, desire and ability are both positive. A working competency, your desire is neutral or negative and your, or no, your desire is neutral and your competency is positive. And then you're working frustration. Your desire is negative and your, or neutral, and your ability is neutral. That's so you both aren't good at it and you don't like doing it. So, and then the middle one, you can do it, but you don't really get life from it. It doesn't make you say, oh my gosh, I get to. And then the working geniuses are where you're like, oh my gosh. I was with some friends the other day Man, and you should have heard so them good. talk about their giftedness and how much they loved doing what they were doing. That is somebody... That is living out of the We should build um, job descriptions around this stuff. We do. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, can. and that's what well, they talk about. That's that. what the you bishop might. Well, and, yeah, what the, mean, and this, this is what the bishop wants. Yeah. Oh, see. so the Diocese of Sioux Falls is having this type of a leadership yeah. Yeah. culture to yep. pro. Mm -hmm. Wow. We all have to do the working genius before. No way. Our Every priest in the diocese? Yep, yeah. we will. For You're kidding. Yeah. And so, even on the podcast, you'll hear them talk about this this ability to look at the job because you can. You can be hired, like theoretically, you could be hired as an engineer, but the job that you're asked to do is not the same 
kind of job. So they even would say they need to make sure that they know what kind of job it is. Is it a job where you're having to invent or is it a job where you're having to, to just get things done? Uh, so even in that, the ability to see what kind of job am I looking for uh, or on a team, what are we missing? Mm-hmm. You know, so do we have someone that can discern? Uh, and if not, we need someone that can discern because otherwise right. things get astray. Okay, Joe, what were yours? Uh, invention and galvanizing. Oh, there you are. And then discernment and wonder. And so, John, we're pretty close. We have a couple flipped, but then the bottom is enablement <laughs> and tenacity. Yeah, is, we're almost the exact same. And so we're same. almost the exact same, Yep. Uh, which is probably why we uh, cause friction with one another. It's <laughs> because I you, found that people I'm very similar with, mm-hmm. I actually Right, because you both want to do it. With. Right, we probably occupy yeah. the same. What do spot. we do in your basement when we're all there? We're just like dis- we're just like wondering and thinking <laughs> up new things, and you're doing more charts, and I'm doing charts. But do we ever get anything done? No, 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 no. no, no. no. Yeah, we're all just like me. throwing. Which then you begin to see as you work on these things, you can see at each stage of work, different things are more important. And so there is a stage when you need to be very much engaged with wonder and ideas and creativity. But then at a certain point, you got to shut that down and say, okay, in six months, we aren't going to do that kind of stuff for six more months, folks. Let's just right. like take, let's do a t- the tenacious thing. Yep. Let's let Paul be in charge, be in charge now. And then yep. Joe, you and I, we're just going to. And every time you start talking and I say, shh, <laughs> shh, it's not your turn yet. Right. Right. You know, and we- it's, uh, I've always said, I, I'm a, I just, on my own leadership development, have said my three gifts are vision, passion, and partnership. Uh, I see things differently. I work outside of the box. I'm, I get very excited about things and love oh. rallying people behind. Yeah, if you can believe that. And I love bringing people together. That's uh, to account. And then it's like, oh, yeah, this is yep, exactly what this right? is. Enablement? Or, in, or in is so, so now it's invention and galvanizing, right? Uh, literally, that's... What I and that's and I found a job where I get paid to do this. Right. Like in some ways, now I can't do it. There's lots going on, but I always thought if I can get paid to do the thing I love, like right. on Monday I want to wake up and go to work, and I want to do the thing I'm waking up and going and doing. What a great life that would be! But <laughs> yeah. the point is, I could get hired for a job, but actually not have the space right. where my leadership allows me, or the the tasks or projects allow me to contribute where my gifts are or where I find meaning and fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like stumbled into it. Well, now it's like, Hey, this is a place that all of us, I think can broaden out leadership development in our own lives personally, but also professionally. I'm shocked to be honest with you that a Catholic diocese is using this type of stuff for its priests and parishes. I mean, this is like this is cutting edge in some ways. This is the this is the front end of industry. It's been doing Myers Briggs and stuff like that for a while, but there's a lot of people just in the business world that would love to have a boss that would understand them more, would give them the tools to understand themselves more, and then seek to create a culture that deploys those skills in an effective way. I think people would actually enjoy going to work a little bit more if they were attentive mm-hmm. to this. So have you guys put yours to use yet? Yeah. Every day. I mean, yeah, I mean, just thinking about, you mean like personally, well in the parish, like with your, like, 
your your professional life? Is it just a self-examination awareness thing for you as priests personally that the bishop is encouraging? Or is it something that he's encouraging you to use as a tool for your broader parish leadership? We're in the process of yes, this. Yes, so, I mean, know. it's all, and I would say right. I'm, I'm in a parish place of being in the process of it, but well, we hired someone and I knew all the staffs and I knew what we were missing. And I, you know, and you kind of like, and then when the applicants are there, you're looking at, do they fill these things or, and well, in the end, it's not like the determining factor, but it's an important thing to be aware sure. of. Well, I'm telling you, fellas, the time went fast. The time went, yeah. so we got just a minute left here as we wrap up the second half hour of Rutten Radio. If you're out there listening, we've been talking about Working Genius and the Catherine of Siena uh, Institute as well on uh, charisms and uh, kind of strengths analysis. So anybody want to wrap it up with a final thought before we do our family prayer? Father Paul? Yeah, I, I think ultimately a, an awareness of who you are uh, and the ability to know your strengths and weaknesses, where God has given you gifts and a willingness to step out uh, in faith that, that's, that it's really going to be for the benefit not just for yourself, but for others as well. Uh, in the Working Genius uh, podcast, in one of them, they talked about burnout. And they said that burnout, really, they would say, is someone who is stuck in a job where they're competent, but they don't really love it. And they just have to keep doing it, grind over and over and over and over again. Uh, and so that ability, you know, it's really hard to shift, to change, uh, to do something different if you've been at it for a while. But the freedom you begin to experience is amazing. Well, let's turn it over to our Lord, ask his grace to be present in our lives, and close with our family prayer together. Our, our Father, Father, we, we thank, thank you for your love and for your many blessings, blessings especially for the precious gift of each other. Help us to show our gratitude by loving each other as you love us. Make us understanding and patient with one another, quick to admit our failings and ask forgiveness, generous in sharing the joy and strength we can give each other. Father, give our family lively faith and the courage to share with those around us. Direct us to the state in life you plan for each of us and help us to use your gifts to serve you. We entrust our family to your fatherly care. Preserve us from the corruption of the modern world and help us draw closer daily to you and to each other until we come to share with you the joys of heaven. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, help us to be a holy family. Amen. And we'll see you next month right here on Rutten Radio at the Real Presence Network.